0: This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am back with another incredible episode. This Thursday, I did not line up an interview, all of them fell, fell through, so you're just going to have to listen to me cover the last two games during this. Very interesting and very exciting, though nerve-wracking, stretch that the Washington Capitals are embarking on on the road to the playoffs. Typically, I would have an interview. Hopefully, next Thursday, I will. Um, But since I don't, thanks for tuning in, and uh, I think that we should just get right into it. There's a lot to talk about. Big win tonight as I'm recording on Sunday against the Buffalo Sabres in a shootout. Uh, But we'll talk all about that and the league as per usual after we pop some tabs. One, two, three. All right, we've got some pretty interesting league news. The draft lottery is going to be held on May 8th, which is in the middle of the playoffs. It start on April 17th, and the finals tentatively scheduled for June 3rd. So uh, even if your team is out of it, which we hope the Washington Capitals won't be, um, you know, May 8th. Is a is a date to mark down to see if you're going to get Bedard or how uh, how high you're going to be able to pick in this stack draft class. Additionally, the NHL is recovering well from COVID. The salary cap is was expected to go up by one million next season, so that the new cap would be eighty three point five million. But Bettman on the last day of the most recent NHL general managers meeting said that it could go up by as much as 4.5 next year. That is huge and great news for the Caps, especially uh, and all other cap-strapped uh, teams. Revenues would have to exceed projections by around 100 million to make this happen. There's no there's no uh, solid numbers. Obviously, they're not reporting solid numbers right now, uh, which is a step back though from the. 140 to $150 million they originally said that they needed in December. Uh, that's all thanks to you, fans. Good job. Good job. Way to support the team. <laughs> Speaking of the GM meetings, though, they all said that the game is in a good place right now, so they don't expect any rule changes, uh, which would include the sandbagging of goaltenders or extra emphasis on penalties and hits to the head. Uh, you know, they had thought, a lot of people had thought that maybe with like the increased Scrutiny on hits that hitting would actually go down, but apparently hitting is up year over year. Uh, The game is pretty physical, maybe not as physical as some old timers would like uh, from like the 80s and 90s and even 70s, but at the same time, people are still throwing the body and uh, all the GMs pretty much said that they like where the game's at right now, which is interesting. Usually these GM meetings are riddled with crazy ideas and um some good some bad that are really focused on i mean a lot of them in in recent years have been focused on scoring uh i guess the average goals per game right now in the nhl is like six which is pretty high uh especially considering there was like that new dead puck era in the early 2000s and 2010s but the league seems to be recovering very well the game is in a good spot uh, I definitely think that the game is the most skillful that it's ever been in its history uh, and you know players are just getting better and better as as exemplified by guys like McDavid and, and Matthews this kind of young new class and then we're hoping to see Bedard next year um, lots of young talented players uh, especially you know how the, the junior leagues have gotten so much better and then the NCAA being such a you know emerging as such a prevalent training ground for uh nhl players where in the past it really wasn't that Uh, so all good things um definitely interesting to see that the gms all agreed that really or the majority of them at least agreed that minor tweaks are the only thing that they're really going to be focusing on so interesting it's pretty big news um in comparison to the last like decade Senators have received their first round of bidding to buy the team, and there is apparently robust interest in quotes. Uh, So we'll see how that shakes out. Bettman also said that they're not exploring expansion at this time. Uh, No expansion teams, though. Atlanta, Houston, and Quebec City are all identified as cities with interest of bringing an NHL team in. But, of course... They're going to have to beg and beg and beg for that to happen. And then after the begging is done and they're like, okay, give us what you got. They're going to have to put their money where their mouth is and start securing uh, funding for arenas and working out deals with local municipalities and all sorts of crazy stuff. I can't even imagine the amount of bureaucracy that a team would have to go through, not to mention the millions of dollars that they'd have to spend to get a team into any of those cities. If you'll remember, if you know, Atlanta used to have the Flames, and they were pretty competitive. And Quebec City also used to have a team. Um, they weren't able in that time uh, to, you know, previously to support them. But as hockey grows, uh, you know, it's always a good thing that expansion is is on the table. I think that it's a good idea on Bettman's part to not hammer the rest of the league with this type of expansion stuff because as you know, you know, with the two expansion teams coming in, in quick succession, the the Knights didn't have to give up a player. Um I would think that if a expansion team were to come in, they would have to you know, uh they would have to omit the Kraken and maybe even the Knights, but uh while the rest of the league kind of suffers. So, you know, Everyone who's got uh, PTSD from (laughs) losing players to both most recent expansion drafts, uh, it is obviously a good thing for revenue and a great thing to spread the game, which is always good. But, uh, you know, our players are safe, at least for this year. Uh, Who knows, though? I mean, money talks. If if there is a town that just comes down with a bunch of cash that's above board or at least (laughs) semi above board, I'm sure the NHL will jump at it. Uh, the Sharks officially eliminated from playoff contention. They're the first of several upcoming. Uh, as far as injuries go, moving quickly, O'Reilly is expected to be back for the Leafs before playoffs after suffering a broken finger on March 4th. Dvorak out the rest of the season for the Canadians following a knee surgery. Svechnikov out for the Canes the rest of the season as he needs knee surgery after a non-contact play against the Knights on Saturday. Leckanin out four to six weeks for the Avs with a broken figure. He's having a, a career high in goals and points this season, so that sucks. Kulikov out week to week for the pins. Man, I mean, what a bad bounce for the for the for the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, after the trade deadline. Both Benino and Kulikov look to be injured uh, for extensive periods of time, uh, which is not what they need in this brutal stretch in the Metro. Back to uh, a little bit of kind of overarching and and semi-Washington Capital-related news. As you may know, David Poyle, the ex-GM of the Caps from 82 to 97, that's a huge, huge long tenure, announced his retirement this year. Uh, During his time in Washington, he helped the team here with some good trades, including Rod Langway, the Secretary of Defense, really keeping the team in D.C. He helped keep the, the Washington Capitals in D.C., you know, speculation says that Barry Trotz may be a guy who's eyeing up that GM spot in Nashville. Uh, you know, in any case, wish the best of luck to to David Poyle in retirement. And, you know, honestly, thanks to him for keeping the caps in DC in, in, in the 80s. So, uh, love to see him kind of right off in the sunset. Uh, you know, he's, it's funny that this is kind of come out during, uh, the GM meetings because apparently he was quite vocal in how the league should be changed and, uh, really pushed hard on these things. So, uh, you know, in any case, like I said, good luck to him. Congrats. Uh, and thanks for keeping the caps in DC. Speaking of keeping it, keeping, I don't even know. I was trying to find something Anyways, i got to pay the bills. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook. The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. Go to the app, opt-in, and place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. So since we don't have an interview, we're going to do another Washington wraparound. Alright, so on the 14th, which was yesterday uh, at the time I'm recording, which is Tuesday, I'm recording on Wednesday this week, Uh, the Caps were in Madison Square Garden and took a pretty convincing L against the Rangers. There was unfortunately no Ovechkin with a lower body injury and no Milano is, he's apparently pretty sick, uh, really bad timing to get sick on a back to back, uh, from a guy who's really come into his own here in DC. Also, there was this big city greens telecast using, uh, some sweet technology making (laughs) Kevin weeks. And I don't even know who the other announcer was. Maybe Bush, uh, to (laughs) into like, uh, cartoon characters for the big city greens i've never seen that show uh but apparently it's pretty popular and since disney owns espn it was uh it was a no-brainer on how to promote this show i was actually trying to explain this to somebody like what was going on like it's actually the real players but they're animated based upon their position on the ice um there was a pretty cool display of technology but uh you know how these things, these gimmicks are. Um, watched it for about five minutes, 10 minutes during an intermission in between the second and third and turned it off immediately. <laughs> Speaking of the game, though, in the first, stop me if you've heard this before, but the Washington Capitals came out of it flat. Mika Zabinajad, the cap killer. Remember, I believe he had five goals a couple years ago against the Washington Capitals. Uh, absolutely carried that team. The, the New York Rangers put him on uh, his back and won the game for him in overtime. He buried the first early on, putting the Caps in the hole. Luckily, though, Nicholas Abe-Kubel was found all alone in the offensive zone, was able to answer even though the Caps are getting buried in chances. And uh, the play barely left the D zone until really the end of the period. Almost immediately after, though, Panarin absolutely shook Alexiev and dished to who else other than Mika Zemidzian again for another nice goal. A forehand to backhand move, breaking down the short side. The I think the big play here was Panarin kind of doing a little stutter step. Alexia bit on it hard, kind of reaching with his stick, which is, uh, you know, I guess somewhat of a rookie mistake there. You always want to see a guy play the body, especially that close to the boards on a player like Panarin when he's slowing up, uh, you know, commit to the body and at least try to impede his progress forward. It didn't happen. Uh, Panarin shook him pretty good and, uh, you know, something that Alexia has got to learn, uh, you know. That's the pitfalls of a young defenseman, and everybody makes that mistake. So we can't really castrate Alexiev too much, especially because he dished to Zvinajad who was streaking and should have been picked up. Uh, and then at the end of the period, the Washington Capitals took a penalty, and fucking Patrick Kane buried another. So the Washington Capitals go into the second, down 3-1. Um, in the second, unfortunately, the Rangers started to blow the lid off this one as Truba was found open for a goal about halfway through the second. Then just a flash of brilliance from the Washington Capitals veterans as a sweet passing play result on a behind the back Oshie dish to Matt Irwin, who fired off, uh, uh, fired off a shot that went off a ranger shin pad and into the net. You know, they don't ask how they ask how many. And right now Matt Irwin is rocking two goals on this season down the stretch. Uh, imagine if that guy came on fire and started burying every game. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think I won't hold my breath for that one, but in any case, great to see Matt Irwin contributing on the score sheet uh, as as that kind of veteran stay at home D man. <clears throat> I think the Caps in the second really worked hard to tilt the ice back to at least even this period, even though they were still in a in a shot uh, shot hole in as far as you know total shots on net for each team. In the third, the battle continued until Nick Dowd, with an aggressive drive to the net, got himself a goal with eight minutes left. It uh, made it a one-goal game. Uh, and, you know, I think you, you you look at that play, and I just love that grit by Nick Dowd. He's got nothing to lose. His team's down by two goals. He needs to make it a one-goal game. Uh, the Washington Capitals had a hard time penetrating the middle, and, you know, that's pretty prevalent throughout their entire uh Throughout the entire season, aside from maybe December, is that we just couldn't penetrate the middle. Nick Dowd, you know, just tough nuts it straight to the straight to the net and buries, um, kind of catching everybody off guard. He sees just a little bit of space and goes in. I love to see those hardworking goals going into the hard spots uh, for sure. You know, um, unfortunately though. It, you know, made it a one-goal game until the Caps lost a late offensive zone face-off with the goalie pulled, and that resulted in a backhander lofted out, I think, by Jimmy Vesey, VC, and uh, it ended up for an empty-net goal, resulting in the final of a five-three regulation loss by the Caps. This wasn't exactly a four-point swing. The New York Rangers securely in that third spot, so that's fine. Uh, though these were points that the Washington capitals absolutely needed. I had said that the Washington capitals are going to go three and zero this week. So I uh, like, you know, very, cons- very highfalutin, uh, kind of prediction there, but it's because that they, you know, the Washington capitals just really need to win out almost, uh, to, to make this playoff dream and keep the playoff dreams alive. And, uh, as I've said, continuously, uh, Tanking for the 3.5% chance at Bedard, uh, possibly like, you know, a couple, give or take a percentage uh, point, I don't think is worth missing out on the playoffs and and keeping the dream alive, to be completely honest. So I'm rooting for the Washington Capitals to make an end and not tank for Bedard at 3.5% chance. Um, You know, the Rangers were reeling a bit coming into this matchup. They're about even on the month and you know, had to be viewing this as a real test as they were just beaten by Pittsburgh a couple of nights before this game in extra time. So I think the Rangers had a little bit of something to to prove. And unfortunately, the Washington Capitals uh, seem always willing to play, you know, the turnaround team, right? So they definitely did in this one, you know, not picking up points at all in this matchup could be a fatal error for the Washington Capitals. Really any points that we don't pick up from... From now until the end of the season, could cost the Washington Capitals a postseason appearance. Um, you know, I, there's there's every excuse in the world for the Washington Capitals to suck and, and not make the playoffs. Tons of injuries, uh, and that that an adversity this season that hasn't stopped. You know, we've never been healthy. It's literally the the entire season, never been at one hundred percent. December was a good month. I thought that the the replacements were playing really well, and then we get Wilson and, and Backstrom back, and, and a little bit of the chemistry stopped, unfortunately. But the Caps are still in it. So moving on to the next day, a back-to-back versus Buffalo at home, we which is tonight, just got done watching it. No Milano still. He was sick, but Ovi was back in the lineup. Uh, Buffalo coming into this matchup tied with Washington points. So any winner puts either team above the other and tied with Florida for the first spot outside the wild card. The Buffalo Sabres were in position above the caps based upon less games played. So, you know, Buffalo still got games in hand. The Washington Capitals played some of the most games in the league, which is bad for us. Uh, So big game coming in. I think that, both teams knew that this is going to be a playoff effort needed, and uh, you know, going into the first, stop me if you've heard of this before, but the Caps led up a lot in the opening frame, including goals by uh, uh Paterka, and and Yost. We did have a, mar- a power play marker off a tip in, uh, started by Strome, and then and then a rebound picked up by by Oshie, a really good passing play. Uh, Ovi instead of taking the one timer just a really great pass to Strom that beat out uh the 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 <clears throat> the Sabres goalie and TJ Oshie with a, with just a nose for the net taps it in. The Caps had uh, more opportunities on net this period, you know, which is is great, but a Rusty Lindgren was unable to track the first goal from outside by Labushkin. He was hung out to dry for the other two goals. I think the Yost goal was absolute bullshit, as the Sabres should have gotten a holding or interference penalty immediately before the goal, uh, as they did have possession, rushing a two-on-one on on Shiri. I have no idea how the refs did not... I mean, that was 20 feet in front of a ref. Um, Just unacceptable, to be completely honest. The refs were having a shit game. This one, really, really bad. Uh, But that's hockey. You got to persevere through. The fourth line was showing, you know, lots of signs of brilliance. Protoss being inserted back in the lineup. I think that he deserves a sweater night in and night out. I love his size. I love his skating ability. I love how how much jam he's got in the sense of, you know, using his physicality uh, to, to win board battles and to get back defensively. And, I mean, tonight he had seven shots on net. Uh, he didn't bury any of them, and I'm sure he's kicking himself for that. But just the fact that the fourth line is getting these opportunities and Protoss seems comfortable playing this type of role, uh, I think speaks a lot to his maturity. And, you know, he's not feeling sorry for himself because he's getting fourth line play. He's happy to be in the lineup. And I think that he he really, his effort and, and his, his jam really just uh, m- makes him deserve a sweater night in and night out. So we'll see. Uh, we also had Snively as a healthy scratch to this game. so you know see what kind of uh, line changes that the that the the um, head coach Laviolette makes. Uh, the caps, you know, had more chances it seemed this period, especially late but weren't able to bury more in the power play goal. Buffalo did get goaltending this first period where the capitals didn't on a rusty Lindgren. He hasn't had many starts this uh, past couple of months. Uh, they keep sending out Kemper into the meat grinder. And I'm not sure why we covered this last week. I'm not sure why that is the case, but at the same time, you know, glad to see uh, Lingren get this win in the second, the battle continued with the cap, still putting rubber on net, but unable to capitalize about halfway through the third though. TJ Oshie uh, goes down the tunnel at this point. It's just par for the course. Unfortunately ended up uh, returning later. I'm sorry. Halfway through the second, halfway through this period. He went down the tunnel, uh, but ends up returning later. So, you know, I don't know what they're doing in the trainer's room. I don't know if he had to go get like a cortisone shot or get worked on, but he he finished the game. You know, during this period, it became apparent that Buffalo had us beat in the transition game, which we should have known coming in. Uh, but they're also making the Caps look like pylons with their quick skating and puck movement, especially uh, during our penalty kills. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres are... You know, who would have thought that right now we're talking about Buffalo making the playoffs. Uh, They seem to have really turned a corner as a team. They're an exciting, creative, young, fast team. So, you know, they showed it tonight. Uh, I think that the Caps did an okay job of absorbing this. And after the first period, Charlie Lindgren really, really turned it on. He only relinquished one goal. Uh, So that's good. Um, No scoring in the second. The Caps kept a marginal lead in shots. But Buffalo had a much better chance on Lindgren, who stood tall to the test, like I said. Uh, And then the cherry on top is late in the period. Sandine blocks a shot and leaves at the end of the second. So, you know, (laughs) cue the revolving door of the ambulance for the Washington Capitals there. But... In the third, he did return. Hopefully, it's just a bruise. Hopefully, nothing permanently damaged. I hope it's just a charley horse. I think it really was, Uh, and those can be incredibly painful. He definitely did not look like he was comfortable when he took the shot, but uh, 20 minutes, probably some ice or some heat or whatever the hell they're doing back there, rushing gas, uh, got him back in. Early on in the third, Kuznetsov comes alive and buries one as the Caps came out punching the final frame of regulation. You know, good for them. They clearly know that the season's on the line. I think they responded exactly as they should. Uh, The Caps for, you know, minutes in the third for extended time in the offensive zone were absolutely, it was a shooting gallery, Uh, though the Caps showed it, you know, it's, it's, it was awesome to see this game because you look at the Buffalo Sabres, a lot of motion, a lot of, uh, a lot of movement in the offensive zone to get guys open, to try to expose the Washington Capitals defensively. Whereas the Washington Capitals, uh, were in full desperation mode in the third and just absolutely hammering the net with everything. Literally the kitchen sink was thrown at it. And that's just how you got to play. Uh, they did come back and score it off a of blown coverage by Backstrom and TVR. A lot of guys standing around. So the Buffalo comes in, you know, we're, we're, we're close and score. And and then they just, you know, seem to put the nail in the coffin, which was deflating right after they called a timeout, after the Washington Capitals had them on their heels. Really a, a good coaching call by Granado, uh behind the Buffalo bench there <clears throat> to – settle his guys down and and you know make it happen uh (laughs) getting a comment here shout out jason tar st thomas right here in the back yes absolutely had a hell of a game tonight um you know was a little banged up uh i think that this was definitely a uh you know a good test it got physical there at the end um and you know just when it looked totally bleak with, you know, 930 left in the period. Ovi tips in goal number three for, for the Caps in front. Oh, captain, my captain. You know, it's a win now at that point. Ovi's 37th of the season. Love to see him score, but we would love the standing points as well. Uh, the Caps continue to put some pretty amazing pressure on the Sabres. Again, Protoss making himself visible uh, and and, you know, really putting pucks on net. Like I said, he ended the game with seven shots on net. uh, Got a few good opportunities, and I really like that for him. I really hope that he uh, stays in. With three minutes left, the refs again shit the bed. On a phantom slashing call on Ovi, uh, I think that – I forget whoever's shooting the puck, but he shattered his stick uh, very clearly on on the contact with the ice. And Ovi kind of taps him one-handed and – The stick breaks, and because the stick broke and the the shooter fell, the ref's arm immediately went up. I mean, just total uh, reactionary call. uh, Really bad. Though, luckily, Braden Holtby's son, Alex Tuck, took an offensive zone penalty shortly after, about a minute in, to even it up. On the ensuing power play, St. Thomas, our patron saint, Scores a goalie-pulled power play goal from Nick Backstrom up two men, and the dream lives on. You know, if the Washington Capitals did not win this game tonight, it would have been bad. I think that at this, I was was literally writing the outline as the game was going on and, you know, putting together a narrative about how the season's over and, hey, we should, you know, we've got a lot of excuses and how, you know, next year hopefully we're better and there's a lot of work to do in the offseason, but... That is not the case. The dream lives on. Into overtime we go. Buffalo had the puck a lot. They were weaving, and the Capitals were able to absorb everything they could throw. at Lindgren, who, after the first, had put together an incredibly solid game, only relinquishing, I think, one goal after the first. So, you know, great stuff there that really goes to show, like, how good our goalie tandem is. You know, you got a guy on the shelf for months gets his first start and battles back at, at, along with the team after going down by a couple goals. I mean, it's it's good stuff. Oshie drew a penalty in an overtime, which resulted in three consecutive OV1 timers, but nothing found twine. Very exciting overtime, where the Sabres were probably playing a little bit conservative. But hey, you know what? Maybe they were playing for the shootout. Maybe they thought that they had something uh, going into the shootout. Uh, but it turns out they didn't because during the shootout, Kuznetsov did his slow play. <laughs> I just love how he one hand tapped the puck forward and then just very gingerly came up to it. It's the same move every time. He gets the goalies every time. It seems he is uh, he's a character man. That it's just at one point I remember they they there was like some Toronto talking head saying that. They should outlaw that or some shit. Like the what? What do you have to like go a certain speed? How are you even enforcing that? Stupid. In any case, Kuznetsov, Dark koozie, coming out, scores that goal early in the third. Comes out, stuffs one or buries one against uh, against Buffalo in the shootout, and then again, Alex Tuck gets stuffed. Oshi absolutely destroyed Lukinen. Uh what a back like forehand, backhand, forehand goal just I mean the, the amount of distance that TJ Oshi covers laterally on that move is insane uh, and then roofs it on Lukanen. just I, somebody's got to go find Lukanen's jock because it's somewhere in the eagle's nest after that one finally Tage Thompson came in and could not finish so the Caps win that's huge. 2 points, technically like a 3-point swing against the Buffalo Sabres over uh, you know overcoming them in the standings tonight. So let's talk about, you know, the good and bad things in the past couple games that the Washington Capitals have been doing. The bad starts have plagued the Caps this season, especially of late. The Caps put together a great 60 minutes against the Isles last week after losing a couple close ones against LA and New Jersey and then came out this week to get beat pretty convincingly by the rags, but then redeem themselves against Buffalo. You know, I said that when, after the trade deadline, as we're injecting youth into the lineup, cap stands, this is just something that we're going to have to live with. Inconsistency in play. The the veterans of the NHL, and again, remember the average age of the NHL player is 27, but the veterans of the NHL, so those 27-year-old guys and up, uh, you know, I would consider Dylan Strome a bit of a veteran, even though he's pretty young. I think he shows a lot of maturity. But, you know, the biggest thing that, that I think NHL hockey players from rookie all the way up through, you know, till they're 43, if they stay in the league this long, is consistency, right? It's all of the little things that you have to do night in and night out. You know, just that extra effort in the back check, that extra stride to beat somebody to a loose puck uh, that is both mentally and physically exhausting. Um, The veterans know how to manage that workload much better in an 82 game season than the rookies and the younger guys. You know, we saw it tonight. Uh, Sandine has been uh, good. But the defense overall for the Washington Capitals has been a bit suspect. You know, unfortunately, a lot of times we're seeing these veterans are the ones that, uh, you know, Backstrom blue coverage tonight. TVR as well kind of got lost in the play during that last goal. Um, just Caps just a, a little bit suspect right now on D. D. I think Sandine's a great offensive threat. Sometimes he gets caught and dangled on the one on one situations. Uh, but with and with so many touches per night, he's bound to get cough up a muffin here and there uh, on the breakout plays. You know, I'm not as much worried about him as the rest of the team as a whole. We need everyone to be back checking, and the demon need to be stepping up with authority. Overall, team defense and structure needs to be our priority uh down the stretch. It, it, it's gonna get brutal. All of the other teams that we're playing, a lot of them, uh, and I'll, I'll list them all coming up, are vying for a playoff spot. The Metro is not safe right now. Uh, our goaltending, though, is playing well, uh, but for this team, it, it's it's just good enough. I think that the the goaltending's just good enough to get, to give us a chance. If Kemper and Lindgren that that duo can start actually stealing games, that would be a huge relief. Uh, though it's hard when you're relinquishing 20 shots in the first period, it's a really tough hole to dig out of. But I absolutely think that if Kemper and Lingering can just steal like a couple down the stretch, that puts the Caps at a both, you know, mental state where they trust their goalies again and, and feel good about taking chances and thus can score some more goals. Because the Washington Capitals are scoring goals. They're just giving up too much early on and, and just having a couple – bad mistakes that that end up in the back of their net. Uh, You know, so of course, as a team, we're probably giving up three goals a game, you know, on average and some nights that's four and five, right? So we're going to have to tighten that up and continue to score at this pace, if not accelerate it. So looking at the playoff picture, typically 96 points is, you know, the make the playoffs threshold, you know, it differs year to year. If this is the case this year, the Caps, who have thirteen games left, thirteen games left, really need to win all of them to gain the twenty-five-ish points that they need to make the playoffs. But, but, and this is a huge caveat in why hockey rules and why it's so fucking exciting to watch. This year, the Metro in the East is such a fucking meat grinder that there's still a chance that the dream lives on. Uh, and you look at our schedule moving forward, you know, we need the Isles, the Panthers, the Penguins and Buffalo to lose a few and we need to win some in that stead. Looking ahead, the Caps play Pittsburgh, uh, New the Islanders, the Rangers, Florida and then New York again until the end of the season. Those are all essentially four-point swings. So this could make the 96-point standard moot. And the caps could eke in with around a ninety-point total if they can win these key games against teams that they're battling it out with for a playoff spot. You know, if we were taking our West trip now, it would need it would need to be like win out. Win out, win out, win out. And it's the only really way that we can we can secure that play, that last playoff spot or that second that second that first wild card spot. With all of the games against division rivals and east rivals here that are that are all vying for that wild card spot. The Caps could stand to lose a couple games. You know, we've got Boston, uh, we've got Montreal, I believe. You know, a couple, couple bumps in the road we could absorb, but we have to beat New York, the Islanders twice. We have to beat the Islanders twice. We've got to beat Pittsburgh. We've. I feel like we've got to beat the Rangers at least once. You know, one more time, and then we've got to beat Florida, who's who's right here. Uh, you know, with us looking for that last wild card spot. So, you know, the most recent win against Buffalo, shootout win or not, was huge and definitely keeps the dream alive. Um, the playoff picture is crazy right now, and honestly, the way that the schedule has worked out for once in the Capitals history, it gives the Caps, you know, really control of their own destiny. As, again, I said, we're playing some Metro teams coming up that we have to win. You know, I think that if we drop, you know, two games out of the five against these, these opponents that are vying for that spot, it's over. Uh, I really think that if we're going to win, uh, and so if we, we would have to beat like Boston uh, and, and a couple other harder teams for us to make up that ground... But keep in mind, because their four-point swings were depriving—if we beat Florida, you know, we're depriving them of that of those points to move forward in Rago, especially if we beat them. Uh, and same with the Islanders, who are really on that on that cusp, who are inconsistent as well. Um, and you know, Pittsburgh—they're in the same boat, inconsistent, and and we've got a shot at it. So the dream is alive, Caps fans. The dream is very much alive. I continue to believe in this team. I would really love them to just get I don't care if they get swept in the first round. I don't care if they win a single game in the playoffs, but just making it there is I think a huge character testament to the team. The caps have had injury upon injury. They've have they have every excuse in the world to not perform as a playoff team and make it and punch their ticket to the dance the management has all but raised the white flag on the season as far as we're not adding talent we did end up adding talent with Sandine but we also jettisoned uh, quite a few impact players through the trade deadline for draft picks so the team is is definitely a little worse after the after the trade deadline albeit much younger so you know Everything is against the Washington Capitals right now. They've had a shit season with injuries. Management has said, hey, this this season's a wash. We'll pick it up and reload in the offseason, leverage those draft picks that we got during trade deadline to try to bolster uh, what we've got. And then, you know, Brian McClellan always playing 3D chess. Maybe he understood. Maybe he had a feeling that the cap was going to raise by more than a million this year. And that's still not guaranteed, still not guaranteed. But if revenues remain high, we beat revenue expectations. The NHL beats revenue expectations by hundred million. The cap could raise by four and a half million. And that in itself is an impact player, that four and a half million right there. Uh, we're going to have to let some guys walk in the off season. So, you know, lots of opportunity uh, for next season. But as far as the season is, in it right now. The Caps are in the mix and are really in control of their own destiny. So let's hope they do something good with it. All right. Done beating that dead horse. Monday's episode, I'll be talking about the St. Louis game tonight at 7 p.m., the night that you're listening to this, which is a home game. And then I'll be talking about the 2 p.m. matinee in Minnesota. I think that the Washington Capitals not only, and Minnesota is, is a playoff team, so St. Louis is not. They're not bad though, not terrible though. They jettisoned some talent during the trade deadline. I the Caps need to go two and zero here. They need these points against Minnesota and St. Louis. It's four points that would be huge for them. Uh, and like I said, as far as predictions go, the Caps need to win these. So I'm saying that they do two and zero on Monday. Four points. Uh, could have us in sole possession of like the first spot outside looking in, and then by the next game we could be looking at a being in a wild card spot at least momentarily. So that's what I'm hoping for, Caps fans. I hope you're hoping for the same. Until Monday, it's Hockey Troll signing off. Thanks for sticking around with us, and love you, mean it. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, The Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to The Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey HockeyPodNet on social, and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com, The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, Oh, we're not friends anymore.